Beatle, John Lennon, is dead. He was shot a short in an apartment building. He died at Roosevelt Hospital. Police have a suspect in custody. Former Beatle John Lennon murdered in New York. And that is the news that greeted us on the evening of the 8th of December. or It was, in fact, the 9th of December over here um, because John Lennon was shot on the evening of the 8th in New York City. So it was actually the 9th of December, but we remember him on the 8th because that is the date given as the date of his death. Here's the first song John ever sang a vocal on that was recorded. John Winston Ono Lennon, recorded in 1961 in Hamburg. The Beatles had been hired to perform the part of a backing band to Tony Sheridan and they were given some, stu- given some studio time at the end of those sessions and that is one of the songs that they put down as part of that. Now, the next song I'm sure you'll recognise, it's probably one of the greatest cover versions ever recorded. It was the final song from their first album of 1963, Please Please Me. And on that album, John contributed five songs, Paul contributed four, and the others were all ring-ins. And this is one of the ring-ins, but John did a mighty fine job on it. I'm sure you'll recognise it. Have a listen to the vocal on this. You know you look so good, so good. You know you got me good. 
Uh, Twist and Shout, written, written by Medley and Russell, but sung by John Lennon with the Beatles behind him. Now, by the time John recorded that, of course, the Beatles had become a household name. They'd recorded their first album in 1963, Please Please Me, which, believe it or not, they had recorded the entire album inside 24 hours. And that album spurned a number of top ten hits. Please Please Me, I Saw Her Standing There, Love Me Do, and, of course, Twist and Shout, which we just heard. In the years before that, John had had a fairly turbulent life. He'd... uh, He'd been a not very good student. He, 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 he wasn't silly, he wasn't stupid, but he didn't like to be at school. He didn't like authority, so he didn't behave well at school. And he'd gone off to art college, as many of the great musicians who've come out of Britain did. Look at Pink Floyd, look at the Rolling Stones, look at a number of other bands, and you'll find a lot of them went to art college. And in art college, he'd been quite good, and he befriended a fellow by the name of Stuart Sutcliffe, who'd become his best friend. And Stuart was an extremely good artist. And Stuart won a big art prize and John convinced him that he should spend his money buying a bass guitar and joining John's band, who were then called the Silver Beatles or the Quarrymen and then became the Silver Beatles and then became the Beatles. So Stuart bought a a bass guitar. He wasn't really a musician, wasn't really his forte. And the Beatles were a pretty bad band by all accounts. You read any biography and anybody who saw the Beatles in those early days when they were the Quarrymen and the Silver Beatles... They were basically crap, you know, excuse my language, but they were basically crap. Then they got the opportunity to go away to live, uh, to Hamburg and they went to Hamburg where they played in strip joints in the Ripperbahn and they were playing between 10 and 12 hours a night and it's funny but when you play between 10 and 12 hours a night you start to get pretty good and John was a very, very hard taskmaster and they played and played and played and they became very, very good. In the meantime, of course, Stuart fell in love with Astrid Kirscher, who was one of the local girls there, and he also got himself a scholarship to the prestigious Hamburg Art College, which he took up. So he stayed in Hamburg when the Beatles went back to Liverpool. Prior to that, before all that happened, John's family life had not been too good. His mother and father were separated when he was very young. In fact, his father wasn't even present for his birth. His father was a merchant seaman. Alfred Lennon was a merchant seaman and was away a lot. And Julia suffered from what we would nowadays call bipolar. So she was bipolar. And of course, back then in the 40s, there was no such thing as bipolar. You were unstable. You were mentally unsound. So Julia was considered to be a fairly risky person to be bringing up a child. And John, after a lot of toing and froing, went and lived with his Aunt Mimi and his Uncle George. And he adored his Uncle George. His Uncle George had a, an offbeat sense of humour. His uncle, uncle George taught, taught him how to play the harmonica. And they had a fantastic life. He loved his Uncle George. But unfortunately, Uncle George died when John was just 14 years of age. And that was a big loss. Then when John was 17, his mother was killed in a hit-and-run accident. And at that point in time, John was just getting ready to to head off to Hamburg. So he headed off to Hamburg with his his band, the Beatles, and they did their first trip to Hamburg, came back to Liverpool. No one could believe it was the same band because they came back and they'd improved so far. And Stuart stayed in Hamburg. As I said, he'd fallen in love with Astrid and he stayed in Hamburg. And Stuart died of a brain hemorrhage and Stuart was John's dearest and closest friend. Um, So within a matter of three years, John Lennon lost 
His uncle, who was like a father figure to him, he lost his mother, who had introduced him to rock and roll music, taken him to Elvis movies, um, bought him his first guitar, shown him how to play chords, even though they were banjo chords, because she played the banjo. And then he lost Stuart Sutcliffe. So he lost three incredibly important people to him in a period of three years. And yet he managed to uh, turn out an absolute gem of a human being. You know, he wrote these amazing songs. He formed this band. He, look, they, they were the most famous band in history. Nobody has sold as many records as the Beatles. Put, let me put it this way. The Beatles were together for eight years. They, they had a recording history of eight years. The Rolling Stones have been together now for 53 or 54 years. 53, I think. And the Rolling Stones still haven't sold as many records as the Beatles sold with just an eight-year career. So that's pretty impressive. Anyway, here's another song from a very young John from the, uh, from the period... This was a single that appeared between their first two albums, so the period 1963-1964. This is Thank You, Girl. Beatles from 1963 with Thank You Girl. Now, John was very driven to succeed. He'd been told by his Aunt Mimi that he'd never get anywhere with the guitar and that he should be um, knuckling down at school and, and concentrating on his schoolwork, but it just wasn't for him. He did not deal well with the authoritarian situation at school. So he decided he was going to become a rock and roll star one way or another. And in the studios and as far as performing went, he was a hard taskmaster. He was the founder of the Beatles and he was the guy who gave the orders in the early days. And here's a really good little example. Here's a 
snippet from a 1963 recording session and it's a song called One After 909 which never showed up on a Beatles album until right at the end of their career it was included on the Let It Be album which was recorded in 1969 Um, but this is a 1963 version of it and you'll hear Paul McCartney really struggling to keep up with the bass part and John rakes him over the coals for that but then John comes in early in the middle middle uh, section and you'll hear them giving John a hard time so this is a great little snippet Fascinating. I love those little studio grabs that you can get hold of nowadays that show you the Beatles working together and you get to hear them interacting in the studio. So to give you an idea, throughout 1963 and 1964, John Lennon was responsible for writing the following Beatles songs. He was the guy who brought these songs in, worked a little bit with Paul on them, but he was the main songwriter for songs such as Please Please Me, Ask Me Why, There's a Place, Do You Want to Know a Secret, From Me to You, Thank You Girl, she Loves You, I Want to Hold Your Hand, which he co-wrote Eyeball to Eyeball with Paul, so that was a co-writing credit, This Boy and I Call Your Name. So through 1963 and moving into 1964, he was writing a massive body of the work of the Beatles that were hits. And then we move into 1964, and that's a massive year for John Lennon. It's the year that they made the movie A Hard Day's Night, and it's the year that they recorded the, 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 the album A Hard Day's Night. And on the Hard Day's Night album... John Lennon wrote 10 of the tracks and Paul McCartney wrote three. Uh, 
So here's a couple of tracks from A Hard Day's Night, including the title, which I think I'd be remiss if I didn't play. It's such a great song. So here's a couple of tracks from John Lennon that were on the Hard Day's Night album.
I fell in love with you Would you promise to be true And help me understand Cause I've been in love before And I found that love was more than just attractive functional denture active denture clinic offers a free no obligation consultation with years of technical experience and design excellence active denture clinic delivers quality results directly to you all types of dentures including implant retained dentures call active denture clinic on double six double two double seven nine four at 26 year old street lismore down from the base hospital opposite Lismore Shopping Square. Active Denture Clinic and making everyday life easier. Sponsoring River FM 92.9. So 1964-65, we see the Beatles really starting to develop as a unit. John and Paul are sitting down together. They're bringing songs in from their, their separate homes and, and sitting down together and finishing songs together and they're really developing as a writing team. You've got to remember, these are a couple of guys who, according to popular legend, and it's certainly in Mark Lewisham's comprehensive book on the Beatles, one day they got on a bus and travelled for two and a half hours over to North Liverpool to find a guy who could teach them a B minor chord because they didn't know how to play a B minor chord. This is right at the beginning when they're a couple of 17-year-old boys. But that's the sort of people they were. They, they wanted to be singer-songwriters, they wanted to develop and they wanted to extend themselves. So in 1964 and 65, John starts moving away from the, you know, she loves you, I want to hold your hand, you know, the, the me, you, 
all that sort of thing. And he starts writing a few introspective songs. So here's a song called I'm a Loser from the um, Beatles for Sale album. And it's a cracker. It's an absolute cracker. Have a listen to this. I'm a loser I'm a loser And I'm not what I appear to be
course, that was You've Got to Hide Your Love Away from the Help album. Now, in 1964, the Beatles toured Australia, but before they came to Australia, they toured America. And while they were in America, they had an absolute blast. The country opened its arms and its hearts to them. They appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show several times, and it is said that when they appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show, not a single crime was committed in New York City, which is something else, let me tell you. But also while they were in America, they were introduced to the Wacky Backy, the Marijuana and this became something that they took to, like, fishes to water. And it became a, a bit of a problem in the studio. There was a, uh, a, lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of fun being had while they were in the studio, let's put it that way. And here's a little example of the sort of effect that that had on them in the studio. Listen to this. Mayhem and Mirth in the Studios with the Beatles. That's a great track. And so by now the Beatles are moving away from their little pop star two-minute song, She Loves You, I Want to Hold Your Hand, um, Hello, um, you know, all those sorts of things, All My Loving. Um, and they're starting to write songs that are a little bit more developed and a bit more interesting. So we move into the Norwegian, uh, sorry, the, the Rubber Soul album and John's writing songs like Norwegian Wood and Nowhere Man and Run For Your Life. Uh, but this one here is an incredible song. He was 20 years old when he wrote this. Listen to the lyrics of this song. It's just incredible. It's an amazing song. It's probably my all-time favourite um, Beatles song and maybe my all-time favourite John Lennon song. It really is an amazing masterpiece. <laughs> 
And as you can hear with the outro there and with the general musical backing of that track, the Beatles were really starting to move away from their origins of being a teeny bopper band. They were working at Abbey Road and down in the basement of Abbey Road was an electrical laboratory. So there were all these guys in white coats. They looked like doctors, I suppose, in white coats. And they'd come up into the studio and John or Paul or George or Ringo would talk to them and say, look, you know, could you build me a machine that will make my guitar sound like this or make my drums sound like that or whatever? And they'd go down into the dungeon, into the basement below at Abbey Road and they would build this machine and they'd wheel it in about four days later and it would be the size of a, a, a refrigerator and they could plug their guitars into it and suddenly you'd have a guitar that was sounding like a calliope or, or something like that. And nowadays you can walk into a music shop and buy yourself a, a fuzz pedal or a wah pedal or an overdrive or a dis- delay or a distortion pedal. These were all invented basically at Abbey Road by the Beatles' request because they would actually come in and they would say, are you able to make our guitars sound like this? And this is one of the things that made the Beatles the leaders in music across the planet. They were able to develop sounds that nobody else at the time was doing. The next track is one of my favourite Beatles songs. It's a song called Rain. It was the B-side of a single. It was written predominantly by John with some help from Paul. But listen to the instrumentation and listen to the sounds. It's, it's a totally different thing from what they started off doing and it shows the development of the Beatles as songwriters. This is Rain. <laughs>
And that was Rain. So it's now 1966. The Beatles have been touring basically for three and a half, getting on to four years straight, making albums in between, churning out hits, having number ones all over the world. They're the biggest phenomenon on the planet. You know, Beatlemania has come and gone. But it's 1966 and they're now producing sounds in the studio that they cannot replicate live on stage. So they decide they're not going to tour anymore. They are going to simply be a studio band making records and they end their touring. Now they move across. Brian Epstein has died. The band are in a little bit of disarray. Paul McCartney's sort of taken charge of the band and says, come on, guys, we've got to keep going, we've got to keep together. Let's make a concept album concept album nobody had ever made a concept album before so they decide to make this concept album sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band and it's really out there they're they're really trying to keep up they've all heard and listened to the pet sounds boy pat sounds album by the beach boys brian wilson and it's an amazing album and they've been knocked out by it so they go right we've got to reply to this we've got to come back with something great so they go into the studio and they spend months and months and months putting this album together and it is a magnum opus it's an amazing album i'm not going to play any of the big hits from it because you all know them john lennon's big contributions to this album obviously were lucy in the sky with diamonds um being for the benefit of mr kite a day in the life and good morning good morning they are actually the only four songs that he contributed to this album i'm going to play being for the benefit of mr kite a song that he wrote sitting looking at an old circus poster that he had and everything he wrote about was on the circus poster Here you go, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite.
And from 1967's Magical Mystery Tour, that was I Am the Walrus. And as you can hear, it's an absolute collider. It's a sonic kaleidoscope going on there. You know, it's the sounds that they were starting to work with and, and use within their songs were no longer able to be replicated live on stage during a concert. So that's why they gave up touring. Now they move into the White Album period. And John brought to the White Album sessions a song called Julia, a song he'd written for and about his mother. And here's a couple of little rehearsal sessions for him, of him working on Julia. Hope you enjoy this. Is it better standing up, you think? It's very hard to sing this, you know. Yeah, maybe I should strum it first time. Half of what I say is meaningless, but I say it just to reach you, Jude. better like that I can sing it better but I can't play it better I'll just try picking it again but slightly faster
And from 1969's Yellow Submarine Sessions, that was Hey Bulldog, a fantastic, rollicking song. I love it. It's really raucous. So 1969 was a, a really big year for the Beatles. Um, they had made the film Let It Be. They had recorded the album Let It Be. They weren't happy or satisfied with it, so it got locked away for a while. It actually didn't get released until 1970. And they continued making music and they went into the studio and start, started working on Abbey Road, which would be the final album they would ever make together. Um, so Abbey Road was made after Let It Be, but Let It Be was released after Abbey Road because they weren't satisfied with it, they didn't want to release it. There was a lot of problems within the band, a lot of infighting, and people, you know, people blame all sorts of outside influences on the breakup of the Beatles. But if you think about it laterally, if you think about it logically, this is a group of four young men who had been together since the early 60s, since basically 1960, 1961, as a, as a, as a unit. And they had achieved such fame and such such adoration around the globe, they couldn't go out anywhere. They, they, you know, they were they were stuck together in hotel rooms while they were touring. They could never go out and and see anywhere they toured because the crowds were too massive. Look at any footage of the Beatles touring, and you'll see what I mean. So they had spent basically eight years crammed together, being this four-headed monster as they were as many other bands and, and as the the industry called them they were the four-headed monster one body four heads um and they were just starting to grow up they were becoming young adults and they wanted to get out and experience life outside the beetle bubble so there were cracks starting to develop there were tempers flaring there were people wanting to go off and do their own projects you know i feel sorry for george harrison who was a very fine songwriter but was stuck on stage between paul and john and where do you go with that? that? What a behemoth songwriting team that is. Anyway, the Abbey Road sessions commenced and John contributed some great music to Abbey Road. He, he came in with Come Together, which is an absolutely brilliant song. He wrote Polythene Pam, Mean Mr Mustard. He wrote I Want You, She's So Heavy. He wrote Sun King. But for me, John's real masterpiece on the Abbey Road album is Because, which I just think is an absolutely stunning and beautiful piece of music. And what I'm going to play for you now is the vocal tracks without the music behind them. It really highlights just how vocally strong the Beatles were and how brilliantly they could harmonise. Have a listen to this. Love is old, love is new 
Because by the Beatles. Beautiful. A song that I absolutely adore. And so the Beatles are in massive turmoil. The Beatles are falling apart. And it's not easy because they've become embroiled with Apple, their company, which they've started. So they all have business ties, which means they can't just go, okay, guys, the band's broken up. We're going our separate ways. They are financially tied together in Apple. Paul McCartney sues the other three Beatles and it becomes very, very nasty. There's a lot of acrimony, a lot of uh, disdain. And the Beatles get dissolved legally in a court of law and they go their separate ways. John by now has developed an unfortunate heroin habit. He's made a few um, avant-garde albums with Yoko Ono. They made the Two Virgins album and the Life with the Lions album. He's left his wife, Julia. He's no longer in, in his son's life, Julian, and he's off living on his own, but he's going through all sorts of turmoil. And he once again addresses the subject of his mother and his father and his upbringing with a song called Mother on his first solo album, John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band.
Mother, you had me, but I never had you. Father, you left me, I never left you. Pretty strong words. Bit of a cry for help, I reckon. Now, on the same album, John recorded a song called God. And in this song, he really went to town and he basically denounced everything that he felt represented him or was part of him. He wanted total rebirth. He wanted to reinvent himself. He, he didn't want to be recognised as John Beetle anymore. He wanted to be John Lennon. And have a listen to this song. It says it all.
Ah, crippled inside from the mighty 1971 album Imagine, an album which catapulted John back to the top of the charts all around the world. An incredible album. So that was Crippled Inside, and here's one of the other lesser-known songs from the album, How. River FM is looking for fluent Italian speakers to join our Italian language show as co-presenters. 
Tune in to Bella Italia weekly every Wednesday, 6 till 8 p.m. Free training and support is available. Don't delay. Contact 6622-7939 for more information.
21 minutes to 6 and you're on 92.9 River FM as we delve deep into the life and works of John Lennon. That was Woman is the Nigger of the World from his 1972 album Sometime in New York City. His next album in 1973 was the fantastic Mind Games and I love Mind Games. It's one of my favourite John Lennon albums. I'm not going to play any of the big songs from it. Here's a song called Out of the Blue.
Uh, the beautiful You Are Here from 1973's Mind Games album. In 1974, John released the Walls and Bridges album, and I was going to play a couple of tracks from that, but I don't think I have time, so I'm going to skip on through that. And I'm going to go to 1975, which was a, a huge year, a momentous year for John and Yoko. After several years of several miscarriages, Yoko finally gives birth to a bouncing baby boy on John's birthday. And Sean Lennon is welcomed into the world. Ecstatic at this, John decides that he is going to stop his recording career. He's going to stay home and be a stay-at-home dad. He's going to bake bread and he's going to bring up his son. So in order to expunge his contractual obligations, he releases an album of 1950s rock and roll covers. It has a couple of hits and this was one of them.
1975, John steps aside, gives up recording, gives up anything to do with the music industry, and he becomes a stay-at-home dad. He stays at home, bringing up his son, spending time with his son, educating his son. Then in 1980, when his son's five, he decides the time has come. He's going to go back into the studio and start over. And he and Yoko go into the studio to start on an album called Double Fantasy. I'm going to just play Double Fantasy tracks until my time's up. I'm going to take us out on Double Fantasy. The rest we all know, the sad truth. Our life together is so precious. Together we have grown. We have grown Although our love Is still special Let's take a chance And fly away Somewhere Alone It's been too long since we took the time
Darling, show.